This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. This is Baseball Outside the Box with Peter Caliendo. Innovative thoughts from baseball's best coaching minds from around the world. Brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, former USA Baseball National Team coach, Peter Caliendo. Hey, good morning, everybody. Good afternoon or good evening, wherever you're at in the U.S. and around the world. Welcome to Baseball Outside the Box. I'm your host, Pete Caliendo, and we are, guess what? We are in Rome, Italy. How about that one, huh? We talked in the earlier show that we'd be traveling Italy with a softball team from the U.S. competing all over Italy from Rome all the way up to Florence, Venice, and some other areas. And we are just finally finishing the trip off. It has been an outstanding trip. Don't forget, before we start, thanks, everybody, for... You know, listening to the show, we got over 100 countries listening to the show, and we appreciate your support. We're also on ESPN Honolulu, and we got to thank everybody on Honolulu. We cannot thank all our listeners because without you, we would not have a show. And don't forget also go to baseballsidethebox.com for the audio. YouTube Peter Caliendo, Facebook Peter Caliendo, and we are ready to rock and roll. Guess what? From Rome, how about that? Rome. This is a place I grew up in and uh, a great city and we had a great trip we've got some great coaches on the trip we're going to talk to two of them tonight one of them the head coach pj anadio italian american now folks i don't don't send me the emails because we got a lot of italian americans on the show because we have a lot of great baseball and softball coaches just happen to be italian american and they've been on the show and one of the reasons is because you know they're family people and they treat everybody just like a family and it's a it's a tradition in the italian community i think that makes them great coaches and uh, we've got you know, Coach Anadio, man, what a background he has. Herkimer College, NJCAA Division Three. Hey, get this, 10 straight conference championships, nine straight regional championships, nine consecutive years, top three finishers. Hey, national champion. You know, I'm talking about being at the national championships that much time and the number one thing, the gold medal, won the national championships in 2013. It's tough enough just to get to the regionals, let alone win it all. Um, and, you know, Coach Nadio on this trip has been fabulous. We're going to introduce him right now. Welcome to the show. And, uh, Coach, it's a thrill to have you on the show. We've had a lot of great coaches, and I get a chance to spend a week listening to in the dugout. Unbelievable some of the things you've been teaching these kids. Welcome, man. I appreciate it, Peter. It's, uh, yeah, I feel great. Um, thank you for having me. Um, it's been a great experience. And, um, you know, it's just been uh, – Italy's been fantastic. The weather's been fantastic. The softball's been fantastic. The food has been the best. So thank you for having me here. You know, and hit, hit, a, hit a grand slam right there. Name them all. All the great stuff about Italy. Um, and, you know, we're going to start off, folks. We're going to talk a little bit about, you know, it's interesting. You know, I've been in the game a long time baseball-wise, but I find softball to be a lot more exciting. Again, don't send me the emails that you like baseball. Fantastic that you love baseball. But if you get a chance to watch softball, it's fast. It's exciting. There's a lot of energy. And the best thing, the pitchers don't wait an hour. They don't have to because the runners are on the base and the runners can't go till the ball's released. So, you know, it's not like baseball where you got to wait a little bit. It's an exciting fast game. And I'm going to ask you this because nobody knows this. We didn't mention it. Coach Nadio was also a baseball coach um, at the collegiate level. And what I want to ask is the, the transition from – coaching baseball to softball you know how what kind of transition that was and how it helped being a baseball coach in some ways going into softball 
You know, I mean, I think I had, uh, you know, my reservations about making the transition and I did it as a favor to my athletic director uh, when the opportunity first presented and figured I would just go to baseball on um, the following year. And to be honest, I fell in love with the game, um, the speed of the game. Um, I'm a Yankee fan, so I, I've been I've grown up watching American League baseball, um, but I've always had an affinity for National League style with the pitchers hitting and small ball and, and bunting and moving runners and um, situational hitting. You know, all that stuff fascinated me. And as we go along, we move further and further away from that style of game at the Major League Baseball level. And um, we get all that and then some uh, with, with fast pitch softball. And it's exciting. And, and we get to have a little bit more um, involvement in the outcome, I guess you could say. And um, especially with the slapping part of the game, uh, with girls hitting from the left side, um, I think it adds a whole different element. Um, so for me, um, I love the speed of it, and you know the the girls work just as hard. They don't think they know everything. Um, they're super coachable, and uh, they're willing to try new things. And um, for me, uh, I'll never end up going back to the baseball side of things. I'm, um, I've been uh, coaching softball now at the collegiate level for uh, 13 years. It's my 13th season coming up. Wow, you know, and I'll tell you what, you know, the transition. You probably made it a lot earlier, but this is probably a good time to transition because you know baseball still hasn't changed in their ways of, you know, the game's slow. They don't they don't want to steal. They don't want to bunt. They don't want to do a lot of things. And I think that's why softball is exciting. Have, have you ever thought about softball being, you know, like when you're – when you make this, the field smaller, you know, you've got to react a lot faster. Yep. Um, can a baseball – let me ask you, since it's a baseball show also, can a baseball coach take softball and maybe have their players – play softball a little bit and sign kind of make a smaller field so they got to react quicker and that makes them a little easier when it comes to game of baseball you know that's a great question i don't know many people who have gone um from baseball to softball and back to hardball again um i do know this that um everyone that i've played baseball with um at the collegiate level that have now play are, are playing fast pitch softball say that the game is even sped up more wow. um you know the men are allowed to crow hop you know they're throwing 75 80 miles an hour from 33 feet away um the ball's on you pretty quick and um, you know, I'm not a, a mathematician or a scientist, and I don't know what those calculations or conversions are. Um, but they say usually uh, a 60-mile-an-hour pitch is about 90 miles an hour. Right. Um, so, you know, you can do the math that when a guy is crow hopping and, and um, throwing illegally, I guess you could say, in our eyes in the fast-pitch world, especially in the female side, um, that they're bringing heat. And, you know, it's uh, it, you know, a lot of 2-1 ball games. And I think that's the way when, when growing up and watching baseball, that's the baseball I grew up watching was, you know, those hard-fought, hard-earned 2-1 ball games. Um, and, and like I said, to me, it's a throwback, and I appreciate that style. What's been the hardest transition? You're talking about going from baseball to softball. The pitching. The pitching for me. Um, I think that one of the advantages that I had coming in was my intensity and, and my passion. And I've always said that I would never treat my girls like girls. I treat them like college athletes. Um, so the same things, the same regimens, the same training. You know, we get up at 5 a.m. To, to get ready to lift weights in the morning and um, the uh, repetitions, you know, the, the length of our practices are not modified because they're females. Um, we don't, I didn't do anything different than I did on, in baseball. 
um other than the only big, the biggest uh difference was the pitching um it's the same game there might be some slight nuances that are different um but pretty much uh Pitching was was the the beast that I had to tackle, and to be honest with you, I'm still learning. Um, that's why this week was great for me. Is my assistant coach out here is Amanda Fifield, and um, to me, she's one of the best in all of uh, the Northeast New York State, especially um, in the circle and, and and teaching the pitching part. And uh, I got better this week for sure. And speaking of Amanda, folks, um, she's going to be coming up next pretty quick here. Um, yeah, we are at the Mercure Hotel in Rome. It's about one o'clock in the morning. Just got finished with our party, you know, with the families and everything, and they're taking off in the morning. Um, you know, the other part of the game that you know is interesting. I was watching the players. I want to go. I'm going to talk about a little bit of long term, but before I do, is the safety aspect of the game, and I wonder how baseball can learn from this because it is also, like I said, a baseball show. I was watching that. You know, the, the young ladies wear masks in the infield and outfield. I think that's fantastic because you know we're talking about we have young kids in baseball that don't have a mask on the infield. Now they got to field the ground ball that's hard, taking different bounces. And they really can't concentrate on the fundamentals because of the fear factor. How big would that be at, at all levels? You know. I... <sighs> It's, it's a double-edged sword for me. Um, I certainly, even at the college level, support whatever my athletes want to do, whether they want to wear a mask or not. I certainly am in favor of my pitchers wearing a mask, um, especially in collegiate softball. Our bats are still comp bats, um, so they're, they're dangerous. They're hot. And like I said, these ladies are at release are 37, 38 feet away, and these athletes are getting bigger and stronger. As the years go by, um, training is different. Technology is different. You know, we're learning a lot about exit velos. Um, you know, and, and learning a lot. I mean, just the technology in the game um, is, is making people better and better. And we always talk about measure to master. I mean, these kids um, every day have got out their radar guns and figure out where they are. They know they're trying to get you know just one percent better. Well, that's one mile an hour better. And if you know you 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 add in five miles an hour. In the course of a of a couple month training period, that ball is coming off significantly harder. So, you know, on the baseball side of things, you know, we're we're stubborn men. Yeah, um, exactly. We are very proud, and I can't really see men wearing masks. Um, but flip that. Look at the. Let's look at the. Because you've done a lot of camps in Canada. You've done a lot of, of your own camps with young kids. Correct. Forget the college level now, and let's look at the real young kids that you got in your camps. Yep. Would that be something that would be you'd be in favor of? Maybe trying with the young kids. Absolutely. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Growing up playing, I know of uh, two kids at least that when when we were young, I'm saying grade school, started playing that got hit with balls that you never saw return to the field. You know, when when you're trying to learn the game and you're unsure of you know, receiving and catching and all that stuff. Maybe masks for young kids isn't a bad idea until they become comfortable or good enough to get rid of the masks. Um, you know, that's the only thing I can say about that. I just know at the higher level, I just can't see men um, putting masks on. Um, well, and you know, if this means that they shouldn't be too proud to, you right. know, if that's what they feel more comfortable. Um, and that's where I'm at with my females that I want them to get the job done no matter what. And if you feel like you can stick your nose in there, a little bit more with a mask on, then by all means, you do what you got to do because at the end of the day, at the college level, I am paid to win games and I'm paid to win national championships. And um, by all means, we're going to do everything we can to, to achieve that goal. Yeah, that's great stuff. And I remember in Omaha, 
um, one of the junior colleges in Omaha, you know, they, they wore masks. They went to, to the World Series. But then you didn't see it anymore in the game. Uh, Are you talking know, baseball or softball? Yeah, baseball-wise. Okay. Yeah, you didn't see it continuing in the game at all. And I don't know why. Uh, the other aspect of this, you know, we always talk about this as coaches. You know, I went to the baseball conventions, you know, and then I, I would listen to the softball coaches. The great stuff that the coaches had coming. Yeah. What are some of the things that baseball coaches could learn from softball? Any type of training, any type of, you know, anything that, you know, because you've been both, the baseball and the softball coach. You know, like I, I go to my buddy's hockey, professional hockey um, practices, you know, with NHL teams. I look at how they do certain drills or, you know, is there anything that you would probably transfer into baseball that you use in softball? It's kind of a curveball. You know, I mean, honestly, um, I think that we, we share information really well back and forth. Yeah. I don't know if there's something that's just specific. Um, you know, you start. I'm, you know, you saw a little bit with Ichiro. Right. That, you know, it's his yeah. uh, slapping and you know a little bit of a punch and Judy type of game. And you know, look what he did. Um, he didn't have the longest major league baseball career, but he still had three thousand hits. Yeah. And I think as we go along here, the game is transitioning from valuing um, getting on base and 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 getting base hits, and it's going more towards on um, the long ball. And and um, you know, I, I get it. Numbers are everything. And and a lot of these um, uh, numbers guys are, are starting to uh, run the game and yeah. rule the roost, I guess you could say. Um, you know, I think that maybe um, getting back to that um, idea of, um, you know, scratching some runs. We talked about it in Olympic baseball. You know, look what happened. Um, Japan isn't just trying to hit the long ball. They're trying to get runners on base and um, move, get runners in. That's the name of the game. And they won the game two nothing against the Americans. And God, I haven't even looked at the stats, but I venture a guess that we probably had a lot of strikeouts and um, didn't have many scoring opportunities. And um, you got to create opportunities. You know, you got to have base runners to score runs. You got to score runs to win games. And I think that's something right there. That if baseball, I believe baseball is going to make you know kind of make a, a circle. They're going to realize that you know we're heading in the wrong direction. You yep. know, with a lot of strikeouts as you mentioned. You know, and I think they're going to start making that change. Um, they are making changes in rules. Is there something in softball that you think, you know, because, you know, we could always make the game better, right, along the way. So there's something mm -hmm. in softball that maybe softball needs to change to make the game a little bit better? Um, well, you know, honestly, I, I like the fact that, um, you know, that we have the uh, re-entry rule for our pitcher. Um, I don't know. If, hey, you explain know, that reentry rule. Why? What, what's? How, how does it work, and what's the benefit behind it? Um, honestly, it's it's about matchups still. Um, you know, our rosters are a little bit different or a little bit smaller. Um, you know, we don't have a bullpen of twelve girls or anything like that, and we can play matchups and yeah. you know lefty on lefty or anything like that. So um, when we take a pitcher out of the game, um, we are allowed to reenter her, ah. um, as we can with every position player is allowed one reentry. Um, you know, does that benefit baseball? I'm not so sure. Um, you know, on the rules, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I appreciate our pastime. Um, I, I love the way the game is played right now. I don't like the fact, you know, we did, a, we did um, take a rule from softball in the past couple of years and the fact that we're now putting a base runner on second base in extra innings. Yes. That's always been a softball thing. And yeah. um, honestly, I don't love it in the softball game. And I hate it in the baseball yeah, game. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, it's just not my my thing. But it's funny that we keep talking about hitting home runs and, and launch angle and this and that. But yet now we get the extra innings and we're putting a runner on second, almost enticing us 
to put a bunt down to get him over to third base in situational hitting. But yet, when you watch a baseball game and they get the extra innings, I don't see many people bunting that runner over. Right. They're trying to go for three base hits right. to try and get that run in. Um, you know, so I don't, I don't know what's what's right or wrong. I know that every time I'm in an extra inning game, um, I'm almost probably 99% of the time bunting that runner over to third base and then just trying to situational hit and, and give me a fly ball. Um, but that's, you know, I'm confident in my players to execute what we train and what we do. You know, we work on situational hitting all year long. And our girls know that it's it's we before me. And, you know, we're going to try and get the W before we try and, uh, you know, get the big moment just for ourselves and hit the long ball and get the walk-off home run. You know, Coach Nadio and Coach Fifield just finished off our, our great talk about college recruiting here with all our players, and I thought that was fantastic talk. The parents were listening. I mean, they were focused. You know, parents are interested and all that. We're not going to review everything about the, you know, the, the talk, but if you had the highlight for p players and parents, you as a college baseball coach and softball coach, because yep. um, it's recruiting, it's players, I mean, it's very it, it, the same. What would be the one and two most important things when you're looking at a player coming to your school, playing for you, because like you said, it's all about winning, you know. Um, what would be those two top qualities that you're really interested in? Um, for me, it really comes down to one main one, and that's that's character, um, that's culture. You know, if, if you're trying to win a championship, it really comes down to the, to, the, to the championship culture that you create. And if you have a kid, or as we talked about, we recruit the whole family that's rocking the boat, that isn't buying into um, what we're what our vision is, and you know, being a um, uh, a mudita type of person. I don't know if you know that word, but that's shared a lot. In it the sounds Italian. Sounds Italian, um, but I don't know it. I explain that because there's going to be like because I'll be honest with you. You know, I, I do not know what that word means. So I think it'd be good for the audience. <laughs> so mudita is something that um, I learned at an NFCA convention with Pat Murphy. Pat oh, yeah. Murphy is the longtime Alabama softball coach. Mm -hmm. And Mudita means um, finding pleasure in other people's successes. Yeah. And Love I that. think that when you have that type of mentality, um, it takes a special person. And so we really, we, we try to recruit character. Um, we teach person greater than player in our program. And our feeling is that if you become a better um, sister, a better daughter, a better student, a better community member, just overall a better human being, that the player and athlete hitches a ride with that person. And, you know, we try to become champions off the field, in the classroom, in the community, that the championships just kind of roll over to on the field too. That's always been our philosophy. And, um, you know, so far in my 13 years, um, you know, the proof is in the pudding so far. You know, how do you, and, and uh, close to ending, and we'll bring Amanda in, how do you, you know, you figure... You want your players to to help their teammates. You want them to, you know, like you said, make sure that you know they really appreciate you know their teammates, but also when they have success, be happy for them. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there's that balance that you know I'm trying to beat you out, trying to compete. Yeah, you know, can, you know, am I going to fake it that I like you, and then I still want to? How, how do you, as a coach, 
get oh get God. that across to your players because that's not an easy thing to get across to your players. They still want they want to they still want to be the person on that field. Yeah, no, it's definitely not easy, but it's something that we talk about every day. Um, again, we borrow from each other, and um, I think one of the best in the business is Tim Corbin. Oh yeah, um, and Tim Corbin, um, you know, at Vanderbilt, every day they have some sort of a character talk. Um, he's big on the on the power of words yep. and. Um, before every practice, whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, they're doing something to address culture and expectations. And our girls relentlessly compete against each other. And I ask them from the get-go, if I'm, if you run a seven and a half minute mile, and I said, if you run a sub seven and I'm going to give you $10,000, would you rather run that mile against yourself or would you rather run it against someone that's faster than you? The answer is like, hey, you know what? I want to run against someone that's faster, that's Absolutely. already sub seven. Yeah. So then they start to understand how I'm trying to equate that on our field, that competition breeds greatness. So when we go out and we play on a Saturday afternoon this fall and my shortstop makes a diving play to end an inning or to stop a threat, the first people flying out of my dugout are my second and third string shortstops. And when other people see that and they know the expectations, it just creates our culture of – clean competition you know everybody wants to get on the field um but we're going to do it the right way and that's all there is to it you know and and i think it's been uh, a great recipe and you know it's not all sunshine rainbows and butterflies people yeah. you know this is uh this isn't a disney movie right but the the thing that we're willing to do is have the tough conversations we're willing to when there is an issue sit in the conference room and discuss it and talk about and figure out how we're going to go about it going from there. And, and we look for a resolution. And I ask my kids, I don't always expect them to like each other, but I expect them to love each other. Hmm. You know, it's just like my brother. I love him, but sometimes I don't like him, yeah. you know, but um, no one will mess with him, you know, or else you're going to have to answer to me. Yeah. And that's the, uh, what I want my kids to understand that um, you're not always going to be the best of friends. But you're going to be sisters, you know, and in the end, you're going to love each other and, and have each other's backs when push comes to shove. Awesome. And that's been uh, a little bit of our recipe. Awesome stuff. Now, you can, Coach, you can tell why you've been successful. Let's finish off with this. Um, you've not been on this trip before. You know, your expectations and reality, what really happened. Talk about that. We'll finish it off, bring Amanda in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to be honest with you, um, I wasn't sure what I was getting myself into. Um, it's my first time working with you, Peter, um, and, and your team out here and, you know, our guy, Angelo. Um, yeah, we weren't sure uh, what this was going to bring. You know, going into a foreign country, I've never been to Italy before. Um, I've only knew of a couple of the athletes, and everything has been um, above and beyond our expectations. And that's the best part about it. Um, you know, Caliendo Sports, um, you know, I've done my research. I think that they're better than advertised. Um, this trip has been one of the smoothest things I've seen put together. Um, it's genuine. There's a care for the kid. There's a care for the family um, and making sure that everybody is happy. And ultimately, it made my job easy where I could focus on just coaching softball and living up to my expectations as being a coach and making these kids better because everything outside of softball has been taken care of and on point. So anybody that's listening out there, if you get an opportunity um, to partake in one of these trips and be a part of what Caliendo Sports has to offer, jump at it because I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to regret it. 
and uh, hopefully maybe someday I get a chance to work with you. Awesome. Thank you, Coach. Thank Been you, Peter. Pleasure Appreciate having it. you, man. All Thank right. you. All right. All Best right, of luck to you. All right, folks. All that right. is Coach PJ Nadio from Herkimer College, yeah. NJCAA Division Three. Awesome time. Lots to learn from him. And now we're going to bring in Amanda Fifield. And I got to tell you, you know, we, we jumped on this last minute to do the show. I mean, it was right after our big dinner. Now it's almost probably 2 o'clock in the morning. No preparation at all nothing so what i'm going to do here right now is i'm going to um, welcome amanda and then i'm going to have you tell you just tell the audience a little bit about yourself and uh, and then we'll start we'll get going there all right great first of all thank you for having me here um i've been playing softball for 33 years i've been coaching for 17 years i started coaching at 22 years old so i was actually coaching collegiate athletes who were older than i was at the time i coached collegiate ball for five years junior varsity softball at Boston Spa High School in New York for three years. And then I took over the varsity team in 2013, um, where our team went from a sub 500 team to being state finalists two consecutive years in a row. Um, so it's been a long wow. journey and I wouldn't have it any other way. Wow, fantastic. And talk about the age where she started, long time ago coaching uh, older players. All right, we're gonna jump right into the the number one thing you took started in 2013 and all of a sudden the programs become very very successful i've talked to some of the parents uh, incredible what you've done there what did it take and why has the program jump you know from 2013 been so successful it took a bit to get what it is it's about buying in getting players to buy into what you're preaching and that's you know pj talked about it as well as that family feel um getting them to know that you have their backs as well as you know them having one another's um so in the beginning with the travel softball being a large component of high school ball these girls are playing on multiple teams then coming to one high school team to play together and i was getting a lot of complaints this person's playing here here and this and i bat this and i do that and travel softball and you know, I sat there one night and I was just like, you know what, tomorrow I'm going to do practice differently. And I walked into my practice carrying a silver platter and no softball equipment with me. And the girls were like, oh, coach, food. I said, no, not yeah. exactly. And I said, you know, sometimes in life you have to earn things. I said, sometimes you're handed an opportunity um, to do something. And I said, so since you feel like you don't have to earn your positions or batting orders or playing time, I'm handing you the opportunity to make tomorrow's lineup. Each player was given a lineup card and a pencil to go write their lineup for tomorrow's game, the next day's game. They all gave it back to me saying that wasn't too too bad, but then they had to sit together as a unit to discuss the lineup and I handed them, I said, now I'm handing you the official lineup card for tomorrow with a pen. Create tomorrow's lineup based upon these right, you know, these stipulations. What is a right fielder in title? What is a center fielder, left fielder, all of it. So they had to sit together and create the lineup, and ultimately they switched the 5-6 hitter. Defensively, there were no changes, and we started winning games because they were now in the eyes of each other and not just myself. You know, it's interesting. I remember as a little kid, that's what we used to do. We didn't need coaches. We pretty much made our own lineups. You know, we went out to the park. We made our own lineups. We made our own adjustments around the way. We did a lot of different things that, uh, you know, translate to what you said. Now, you don't have the ability or you don't have you can't recruit players they're coming from freshman sophomore junior programs so to the high school coaches out there whether it be softball baseball it's all you know really irrelevant because they're all the same when it comes to you know molding or putting a team together how do you keep the consistency of winning 
in the program. You can win at the varsity level, but you still got to win every year, which means new players come in all the time. Winning is contagious. You know, the younger girls in my program now have watched what's happened, especially since 2016, which was the first year that the team really turned around and was above 500 in a record. We went to the state final four. I had a, a pitcher who struck out 246 batters her senior year. Um, and knowing what the expectations were at that point, the younger players wanted to be part of that. So they were going to work as hard as they could to help build that culture and to build a winning program. So um, knowing that they, everybody has to fight for their starting spots every single year, very, very rarely will I say somebody has their starting spot guaranteed, even a returning player. Nobody's guaranteed anything. Um, and I will go watch my 10, 11, 12 year olds go play in their mm -hmm. travel tournaments whether it's pitchers I work with or girls that I've taught, because I'm also a school teacher in that same district, it makes a difference knowing that you care about them as a person. And it's, you can't say I'm recruiting, but knowing that I'm out there watching, it gives them more incentive to work. And they know, hey, Mrs. Fifield, in the instance of me being a teacher or coach Fifield, is out here and she cares about me. Sure. When they know you care, they're going to, to perform. I didn't ask Coach Nadio this, and I probably should have, um, but I think you might have a better perspective on it, and that is, you know, what's the difference between coaching women when it comes to, you know, when, I mean, obviously coaching men is one thing, but, you know, when you're coaching women, is there any difference in the mentality, the training? One thing, and I'll give you an example, just as a quick one. Uh, in a very small scale, I got a chance to work a camp and you know, with a lot of women in the camp, and man, the number one thing I saw was they pay attention. Um, we are very attentive to detail as women, yeah. um, as girls. Um, not saying that the guys aren't, but no, but I, but I can say that for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we are perfectionists, right. so we want to take in every little detail that we can, and we want to make every piece of that happen. Mm -hmm. um, it sometimes takes us longer because of our own um, expectations of ourselves. We don't recover from failure as well as the guys do. So the mentality of failure recovery. Mm is the biggest difference, in my opinion. Um, I had the opportunity to coach my godson's baseball team one summer, so teaching the boys, they're just like, yeah, let's get out there. And the girls are like, what am I doing wrong? And it's like, not what you're doing wrong, what are you doing right? And trying to train them to that positive mindset, a growth mindset. Yeah, and that's what I noticed with you guys on the field, a lot of positive stuff, but it's also, it's not only about talking to the players, the game seems to be changing when it comes to coaching a little bit. You know, it's not, it used to be in the old days, I'm going to tell you what to do, just do it. You know, now it's more about interaction with the player and getting their feedback. Talk about how you work with your players when it comes to feedback. It's honestly really knowing each player because I don't handle any two athletes the exact same way. You know, I have some athletes that kind of want me to give that, that drive and that yell at them like, what are you doing? Like, come on, you're stronger than that, you're better than that. Where, and then I have athletes where I have to, you know, hey, Come, come talk with me for a second. What's going on? Are you seeing the ball? What's, what's going on out there? What are you thinking about? You know, and trying to get the mindset. I do a lot with the mental part of the game more than the physical, because if they can let go of the mental um, piece, which I talk to pitchers about with 22 parts of a pitch having to happen um, in a certain sequence to get that perfect pitch, as we would say, when one thing goes wrong, that pitch can hit the backstop easily. And the girls will often focus on that one negative thing versus the 21 things that went right. So it's a shift of the mindset for them, like, hey, that's just one thing that happened. What, look, look at all the other things that went right. 
Um, so I gear a lot of that on on each player. Um, however, I do have a few of those athletes who are more um, more likely to be coached like coaching the guys. You know, so you do have a few of them. Is there anything in softball that makes it difficult? You know, the speed of the game is pretty fast. Is there anything that makes it difficult as a coach? you know to try to adjust to that speed you know because you guys are always constantly changing things one of the things i noticed was the corners are in all the time mm -hmm. right, every pitch is there like what's the re is that because the game's so fast the game is so incredibly fast and because softball the bases are 60 feet apart and in baseball they're 90 feet apart the distance, you know, when they're putting down a bunt, it's less likely if those corners aren't in, you're not they're going not to get that them. out. Um, the catchers get out of the shoot a little bit slower sometimes. Um, and if you get, you have the slap hitters on the left-hand side, so if you get that lefty up there, you have to play in. Um, and for me to prepare those girls, I am not one. I had a former athlete of mine who plays third base, and I will drill balls at them as hard as I can when they're fielding. Wow. Um, from at least a midpoint, if not two-thirds of the way in towards home from third. And she got out to college, and I said to her, I said, hey, how was, how was fielding in college ball practice? She goes, they don't hit as hard as you, coach. Wow. Um, and that's that being comfortable. And I know we were talking about the face masks earlier. You know, getting comfortable fielding that hard ball, eventually they, many of those girls shed that face mask by senior year in sure. high school. And, you know, and that's what I like about this thing that I'm saying, you know, the young kids, if they wear them, it's not an issue of, you know, we're making it easier for them. It's an issue of one, safety, two, making them comfortable, as you said, and that they can work on their fundamentals a little bit. And then once they feel comfortable, they don't need it anymore. And that's, right. what, that's what I think it's great. I think baseball really needs to translate that and use it. The other part of this is pitching. You know, you hear all the time, and I think, you know, you're an expert in pitching, work with a lot of pitchers, and you do a lot of private lessons. You know, I get it. They, they can throw a lot, right? The arm's natural, you know, they're not going to get as injured in baseball, but you know, you got some girls throwing two, three games a day, two, three in a weekend maybe. There's still that fatigue factor, I would think, and you got to really be careful. It's not just that, oh, you can throw all day. Right, absolutely, and every body is different, so everybody is different. Yeah. You know, no two pitchers are going to be able to handle the same number of reps. So sometimes, yeah, you do want to watch pitch count. Um, in 2019, my Boston Spa High School team uh, made it to the state final four. We played a 20-inning state semifinal game, um, which was three hours and 54 minutes long. I used the same pitcher the entire game. She had a perfect game going into eight, a no-hitter into 12, and only gave up five hits the entire game in 20 innings. She, an hour and a half later, turned around and threw f another five and a half innings, six innings, I should say, in the state championship game, and she had a no-hitter going into five innings in that game as well. She is physically strong. She trains for that. I talked to them a lot about this 60% rule that your brain will shut you down at 40%. The body can handle another 60, and it's a mental toughness, but also having to listen to the body. Um, and being that pitching expert, if they rely more heavily on their lower half of their body, they can go forever, essentially, to some degree. Makes sense. But they are going to be sore. They are going to need to recover. But it's all about their nutrition and their hydration more than it is icing and anything like yeah, that. Yeah, and I like that. They're training for that particular thing. So they're getting, if they're strong and doing all that stuff, they're able to maintain it. Folks, we are going to bring, you know, Coach Fifield and Coach Nadio back. Because, you know, this is just a show right now uh, that we kicked in just to, you know, introduce to both coaches. There's a lot to talk about here, but we're not going to keep them up till 4 in the morning. They got a flight 6, 7, or 8 o'clock in the morning. Come
coming up. So I'm sure some of them might even just go right to the airport. Um, so I'm going to finish it off with this. Uh, I'm going to flip the question I gave Coach Anadio because I gave them, I gave him a softball question. You know, he was able, I gave him one to promote the program, and he did a great job promoting it. But you know, folks out there are going to say, oh sure. Of course, Coach Anadio is going to say, you know, it was a great trip, and you know he's standing in front of Caliendo Sports, the president. But what else do you expect them to say? So I'm going to flip the question on you. Uh, well, you can answer what you liked about the trip, but I also want you to tell folks um, the things that you didn't expect because you know traveling overseas is different, and it is not, you know, that easy. So there had to be some tough things along the road that were tough for you. I want the audience to understand that also. You know, there was definitely a lot of things, you know, I had a former athlete of mine actually come on one of these trips prior to, oh, yeah. so speaking with her, there were some things, you know, I could expect to see, but it was um, how fast the days went. Um, you know, it was get up in the morning, we had breakfast, we were on the road, we were doing a tour, and then the next thing you know, we were, we were at the fields, we were changing and getting ready for the game, so that pace of preparation for the game was much faster. Um, the days went by quick and then it was getting, you know, dinner when we got back. Um, that part of it and just, you know, I, I expected this to be an experience of a lifetime and it was life changing. Awesome. Right. Awesome. You know, the other part is there's a, there's a lot. I, I want to finish with this. I meant to finish earlier, but let me just ask you one more thing. You know, these trips, there's a lot of life lessons in it. I mean, there's, a, you know, pick one because, you know, sometimes... You know, on a long day like that, a player can say, you know, I'm tired, I don't want to, you know, this and that. And, and it's kind of like, well, you know what, you're going to be in college. You know, you're going to go to college, it's going to be a long day there too. Maybe you're not traveling, but mentally you're in class all day, and now you got to go play a game. Or sometimes there's a travel trip, you know, they got to travel and play and get off the bus and get ready to go. Um, there's, you know, so there were a lot of life lessons here they can learn from. Pick one that you really liked and let our coaches know about that. Um, oh man, there's just so many to, to look at in this um, aspect, but I would say, you know, not walking off without a regret, you know, whether it be on the field or off the field, you know, getting the chance to go on this trip. If I didn't come here, I would have definitely regretted it. Um, and same thing for the players to carry that over to the field is don't regret um, certain aspects of the game, you know, don't walk off saying, oh, I should have swung at that pitch or I should have thrown this, I should have done this. Um, in the words of one of my favorite yoga instructors I used to take courses with, don't should yourself. Oh, cool. You know, Love it. Don't, don't live with that regret yeah. of I should have done this or what if I did this. You know, go out there, give it your all and know that you gave your best and grow from it. Yeah, learn from that. Even our audience, you know, you get an opportunity to do something. I know if I have a chance, somebody asks me to do something that's really exciting and I have a chance to take, you know, I have that schedule and I can make it happen, I'm going to take it because, you know, a lot of times we say, well, I'll just wait till next year. Folks, we don't know if there's going to be a next year, so take that opportunity. Man, this has been fantastic. It's been very short, folks, but, you know, again, I wanted to give you a taste of the coaches. I think you had a good taste on why these coaches have been so successful and how they helped Caliendo Sports on this trip because they made a big difference on this trip and the parents really appreciate it. And that's what the program's all about. So we're going to see Coach Fifield and Coach Anadio back on the show. And Amanda, thanks for being on, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, man. Folks, here we go. That is it from Rome, Italy. This is Baseball Outside the Box. Don't forget, join us. BaseballOutsideTheBox.com on the audio. Peter Caliendo on the YouTube and Facebook. Uh, don't forget to follow us all over social media and help us out. Get the show out. You guys have been fantastic. Let me tell you, 
We're trying to keep the excitement. Two in the morning in Rome, Italy. I want to wish everybody a safe, healthy day, and we will see you on the next show. Good luck on the baseball field, folks. This is Pete Caliendo. We're signing off from Rome, Italy. This has been Baseball Outside the Box with Peter Caliendo. Listen online at BaseballOutsideTheBox.com and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and all major podcast outlets. Join the conversation on Facebook and Twitter. Get all of our podcasts now at lineupmedia.fm.